Okay, so you took the incredibly brave leap two years ago to create the perk. And then after a good startup year, you're coming into second year, all cylinders are going, and all of a sudden you hit this wall called COVID-19. Without making you cry during the podcast, how have things been for you dealing with the COVID crisis with your business? Well, let's see. (laughs) When it happened, we had a lot of in-person stuff scheduled for Q1 and Q2 of this year of 2020. And um, all of that got canceled or postponed indefinitely, like right as COVID was hitting. And so I'm not ashamed to say that in April, we had $0 of revenue and we have an employee. We have somebody who, you know, their livelihood depends on us. So that's a really big deal for us. And we take great care and responsibility with that. So we had no revenue and nothing coming in. Everything's canceled. I start spiraling because I realize all of a sudden, not only is it possible that we aren't going to be in business, but I was losing my identity. Who am I? If I'm not an entrepreneur, who am I? If I'm not the CEO of the perk, who am I? If I'm not a coach, who am I? If I'm not the person that got laid off on maternity leave and was able to turn it around and inspire other women to do the same. And so it was a dark time. We had no childcare. We have a two and a half year old. It was really, really hard. And we talk about it now as when I let go of the wheel, when I finally let go, when I wasn't trying to hold on to everything as it was, when I allowed it to evolve as it needed to, that's when things started happening. We had our best month ever in June. We've continued to top it every single month. We've hit our annual revenue goal for the year. We hit it beginning of October. So the next few months are just kind of playtime, but money revenue is good. And in addition to revenue, The clients that we work with are incredible people. They're doing huge things in the world. We are so inspired every day. We're doing work that we love that totally aligns with our values and lights us up. There's nothing that we're working on right now that we don't absolutely love. Like we pinch ourselves that this is our reality. So this has been a wild year, the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And we're just so grateful for absolutely all of it. Well, you know, I'm convinced that 2020 is a cosmic joke on us that we're going to look back with crystal clear vision, 2020 vision on 2020. And we're going to learn a whole lot of lessons from this year once we successfully get out of it. But I hear what you're saying, because I think a lot of people, especially in service businesses, when COVID hit, things started changing and not of them for the best. You know, things slow down. There's a lot of uncertainty. A lot of the nice to haves went out the window and a lot of the services that both you and I provide are kind of the nice to have category. You know, you don't need a lot of what I do on the marketing side if all you're caring about is how do we ensure our workforce is safe? How do we work remotely? In spite of the fact that I've been working remotely successfully for close to 10 years, I did no consulting with anybody on that. Had I thought about it, I should have probably come up with a service offering that says how to help your team work remotely. Boy, I should have thought about that. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I was doing a lot of that in April and May. A lot of people kind of were working. I have no doubt because especially there's kind of a overlap or, or a Venn diagram where you've got the circle that is technical aspects of working remotely. And then you've got the people aspects of working remotely, you know, so culture is firmly in that people circle using technology would include things like zoom or how to make sure everyone's got the right computer and crap like that but both of those things affect each other 
And so consequently, I can see how you would be a really valuable counselor to have involved to help you with when you realize when you get past the, does everyone have a computer that works? Great. Now, how do we get you to work well on the computer that now works? And, you know, coaching, I've done a ton of leadership coaching this year for leaders whose teams are now remote during this crisis because they have to engage with their team in a different way and they have to assess their team's emotional wellness and they have to, you know, be looking at their productivity, but not just in what's being produced because they have to consider all the other factors that are going on. And so having a coach, having an objective third party to help you think through those things and collaborate has been really important as well. Yeah. And, and just having someone you can bounce off of that because you don't work for the company, there's no harm, no foul. If you know, you can say the stuff that people in the company probably can't comfortably say out of fear of all sorts of stuff. You, you can bring the truth. You can bring the hot tea to someone mm-hmm. that uh, might find it a little too hot, but then, you know, well, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Absolutely. And we've had a lot of clients come to us this year for coaching because COVID has really caused a lot of people to rethink their life and their values are being shifted or, you know, values that they've always had are now becoming more apparent to them. And they want to do more in the world. They want to feel like they're providing more of a purpose. They want to have more joy and fulfillment. And so that's been a lot of our work this year too. COVID's really, you know, given a shape to people. Like, what do you truly want in, in the world? What do you really value? This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by Culture Chicken Brand Egg. What's that? It's one of my most requested presentations, now available as in-person live or virtual online presentations. If you've got a group or association that loves presentations that inspire, inform, entertain, and get you going at the same time, we should talk. Head on over to dpknewton.com speaking to download my full speaker media kit today. And let's start talking about how I can help you get your party started. Again, I think historians are going to write about 2020 in America, just as this is a watershed year, the same way that certain other years were mammoth years for this country, because the confluence of social movements that were generated during this year, it kind of came to a head all at the same time, is forcing a lot of people to reassess to re-look at their lives, their jobs. I I would say they're trying to find or seek alignment with what is truly important to them because all of a sudden you realize it's not that important that getting a new car, not important to me at all. Being able to have my family safe wherever they are, make sure my mother who's aging is being taken care of, that the community I care so much about is mutually supporting each other. These are all things that are totally different than the status quo before, let's say, March 1 of 2020. There's a lot of readjustment going on. And the way I'm going to point back to the subject matter of this podcast is a lot of that readjustment is people coming to terms with the core of who they are Mm -hmm. as an individual, Mm -hmm. extending that to what they do and trying to align who they are with what they do. Yes. Which is a new thing for a whole lot of people. And I'm guessing that a fair amount of the people that you coach and counsel are facing the same type of questions for themselves. Absolutely. That hits the nail on the head. And I think that COVID COVID has been so interesting too in terms of business innovation and seeing how businesses are reacting to things. One thing that we started doing differently 
is prior to COVID, we would develop a program or a product or a service, and then we would go sell it. We've completely shifted that. What we do now is we build relationships with people and we start learning what people actually need. What do organizations actually need? What do leaders actually need? And then we figure out where does their needs match our passions and our desires and the way that we best show up in the world. And then we develop something together. Yeah, that kind of reverse sales technique is huge for people in the service sector because the alternative is I have this to sell you. Do you want to buy it? As opposed to let's instead, rather than just buy a box of whatever I have to sell, let's have a conversation so I can understand what you say you want. And then I can put it through my brain and my prism and come back to you with what you actually need. There's a big difference between what you say you want and what you may actually need to achieve the goals of what you truly, truly want. Totally. And bringing it back to personal brand is like operating in this way, I realized is so much more in line with my personal brand. It was really hard for me my first year of business of, I don't know what I was listening to or what I was reading that was telling me to do this, but coming up with something and then telling people this is what they need is very different than my brand of sitting back and listening to what issues people are having and then collaborating and innovating to come up with solutions alongside them, not for them, alongside them. Well, you know, you know me, my company name has two words in it. The first one is collaborator. The second one's creative. And that's because I'm just like you, sister. I don't like to walk in with a box of anything and say, do you want to buy it? I want to sit down, talk to you, discover what the situation is, and then work together to develop the systems and processes and deliverables, whatever you want to call it, to achieve the actual goals you seek to achieve. Because I can't tell you how many times people have said, you know, we want you to write us a brochure. And by the end of our conversation, I'm like, yeah, we need to rename your company because it's not (laughs) reflecting exactly who you are, what you do and how you do it. And it's not me trying to sell higher services, you know, higher price services. It's about, no, you're telling me what you want is be more attractive and engaging in the marketplace. Having a brochure is not going to help you there. Let's look at the stuff that's going to do exactly what you want. And that's where being true to exactly who you are totally helps. And hearing you say that you do the same thing just makes me go, yay, I'm not alone in this world. Well, and you know, DP, you haven't even said it yet, but we worked together. We hired you to help us with our branding two years ago when we were just starting out. And what was so fascinating about that is that you didn't create a brand for me. You asked a lot of questions, you listened, and then it was, you saw me. Your work, I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt like you were holding up a mirror. And for the first time, I was seeing my true authentic brand being reflected back to me in words that were way better than I described myself as. But it was that moment of clarity of like, yes, that is who I am. That's who I'm trying to be. And somebody else sees it and can codify that. Well, thank you for saying that, because that's the core foundation of what nonfiction branding is about. People can make fictional brands every day and they do, you know, like if you're in a big consumer packaged goods company like Procter & Gamble or something like that, you will create a new version of something you already have, give it a different color, give it a new name, different packaging, and you come up with a backstory that seems mildly plausible. And then you put it in the marketplace and you give it all this stuff and 
you spend a lot of money to create an idea, an impression in people's brains, and it's based on nothing that is actually true. Mm-hmm. Nonfiction branding is not about creative writing. It's about becoming an archaeologist and literally digging through layers and layers of complexity to find the grains of gold. I, uh, sorry, I'm mixing metaphors here. It's not about archaeology. It's about mining. You <laughs> Literally digging down to find the grains of gold, aggregating those grains of gold, melting it down into this beautiful bar of solid truth, and then crafting it, the crafting part, <laughs> crafting it into a piece of presentation jewelry you will wear every single day with the knowledge that this is absolutely who I am, what I do, and how I do it. And I'm not over-promising or under-delivering because I am constantly right-promising and right-delivering because I'm being, say it with me, truly a nonfiction brand. I love that. And you know what's so interesting is the work that you do is so aligned with the work that I do, but in a totally different way. Like in coaching, I say to people, the coaching I've been trained in, I see every single person as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. You have all the answers within you of how to live your best life, how to build your best business, build the best business for you. And I'm here as your coach, as your champion, as your ally to ask questions, to get curious, to help start uncovering what those things are, start connecting the dots, but it's all within you already. It's, it's like that great coach or that great teacher you had when you were younger who you knew they liked you, but you'd get a grade from them or some counsel from them that was kind of, it hurt a little bit. Like, what do you mean I got a B minus? And they just would look at you very sincerely with their eyes, making eye contact with you saying, you can do better than that. And it's like, oh, you believe in me enough to understand me and what I'm capable of. And you're not gonna put up with that I did. And frankly, I knew it was kind of halfway Mm -hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. Those are your best champions. And that sounds to me like what your, your services really are, are to be that coach slash champion slash pat on the back, kick in the butt. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, can I ask you something? Yeah. I kind of want to, I want to meld our worlds together. Cool. So something that comes up a lot is leadership brand. What's your leadership brand? What's your brand of leadership? Is your book or your methodology, is that something you can apply to your leadership brand? Or like, how would you even think about that? Well, I think putting a name on leadership is, is kind of like coming up with a name for paint colors. It's like, yeah, I know the paint has to have a, a name associated with it, but you're telling me that sky blue and robin's egg blue are uh, not the same. It's, are we making a distinction without a difference? That's my first question to say, I need to name my leadership style. To me, I go, what does that mean? I'll just leave it there. What does that mean? And I guess a question I have for you is what does it feel like when you have your nonfiction brand? Well, what it does for me is, and there, you know, there are a bunch of different elements and I know, you know what they are, the key three, the brand hand, all these things that we work on together when we create something like that. It's not, a, and actually I, I was teaching at a class last night where someone asked a similar question about one of the things, the thing I call the brandle, right? It's the handle, the brand handle that you can use. And then they were asking me, so when I use my brandle or, or how do I use my brandle in like writing website copy or something? I just said, you never use it. Why? Because it is who you are, not what you write about yourself. 
It's mm-hmm. like if you are a, a, a car mechanic, but you happen to be working on indie cars, do you constantly say I'm an indie car mechanic or do you demonstrate that you are worthy of working on indie cars by the way you do that work, the things you share on social media, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. for me, if it helps people like specifically with leadership to say, I'm a servant leader and we all know that book, right? This, the servant leadership stuff. That to me is the framing someone came up with to get you to buy a new book on leadership that maybe takes a spin on it. I totally get the value of that because my book is called Nonfiction Brand. There are a ton of branding books out there. Nonfiction Brand is my framing of a set of concepts that meld and mold into branding. But do you have to say, hi, I'm a nonfiction brander? No, you just have to be a nonfiction brand. Hey, nonfiction branders, did you know I wrote a book? Well, I did, and it's called Rotoma, the ROI of social media top of mind. I wrote it with my colleague, Spencer X. Smith, and it's all about Rotoma, an acronym that means Return on Top of Mind Awareness. Best-selling author and NYU Stern School of Business professor Scott Galloway called it a book that starches the fluff from social media and helps managers allocate capital and find the unicorn among unicorns, ROI. And chief content officer at Marketing Pro, Ann Handley said, this isn't just a practical way to think about the return on social media. It's also a spot on accurate way to reframe your social efforts. Check out all the five-star reviews on Amazon by searching Rotoma, R-O-T-O-M-A. Pick up your copy today and start building your personal, professional, and small business brand the Rotoma way. What I love about what you're saying though, then is that, you know, in thinking about a leadership brand, or your brand of leadership. It's not something you go and tell everyone like, hello, I'm Paul, this is my leadership brand. But I do think that it could have, I do think it can have impact for you personally as the leader to know it gives you a little glimpse of who you are, who yes. you are as a leader. Yes, because you've done the work to come up with the kind of pillars that define your leadership. Mm-hmm. And if you have to give it a name so that you can remember it, like um, let's, let's take servant leadership. I'm, I don't mean to slam that because it's a great idea, which is as a leader, I lead best when I am serving the people I'm leading. And so I know I have to be 10 feet ahead of everybody, but I'm constantly turning around to look back and teach and coach and help and support and inspire as opposed to leaders who lead by fear. There are plenty of those around. Yeah. And it's know who you are so you can be it. Exactly. It's know who you are so you can be that leader. Exactly. And, and that works both ways because there are very high level CEOs that are brought into failing companies to basically destroy the company creatively. You know, let's break this thing apart. Let's sell it. And, and they're brought in because that's exactly who they are, what they do and how they do it. Some people can say they're heartless. Yeah, maybe they are because they're looking at the numbers. But if I said, Leah Rowe, we want to give you a million five a year to be the CEO of a company, but you have to take that company apart in a way that maximizes shareholder value and minimizes the cost of the people working for the company. I don't want to see any coffee in the coffee room. I don't want any time wasting retreats. I don't want, uh, we are not going to paint offices or allow people to have any stuff in their cubicles. Could you do that job? No, No. absolutely not. You know that. 
there are people out there who would say, yeah, I can do that. GP, what does it feel like when you have your brand? Like when you have your personal brand, you have your nonfiction brand, like what's the moment you know you have it? When you can look at people in the eye confidently and when they say, so tell me about what you do, you can say, I help people discover, craft, and communicate their completely true nonfiction brand stories and help them find the channels that are most effective in doing exactly that. When you can have a cogent elevator pitch that is not something that was written by someone else, but something that comes out of you as a truth, an eternal truth, mm-hmm. there's a level of confidence that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's reflected in everything you do. When you feel confident about that, you don't feel bad about what you're asking people to pay for your services because, and that happens to a lot of people and say, well, you know, I could do it for this or no, what are you worth? Mm -hmm. What is the value you offer? If you believe you have a brand, you have the confidence to support that brand and the pricing associated with that brand. Could you do it cheaper? Sure. People can always be cheaper. Walmart proves that. There's always someone who who will out Walmart you and go cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. If you're doing that, you'll, you'll be out of business. But if you're a brand, brands are about premium, premium services, premium products, and premium prices. Say, I think for me too, I feel like when I got my nonfiction brand, like when I really felt like there wasn't an exactly one moment, but it, there's like an effortlessness about it. Like I know I have a nonfiction brand now because I'm myself majority of the time. And that's how I attract business in, but it's also how I attract friends in and relationships. But it's like my brand feels very authentic and nonfiction and true to who I am because I'm showing up as myself. Okay, I got a confession to make. I do not mind when Facebook feeds up snippets from Say Yes to the Dress in my Facebook watch feed, you know? <laughs> like if there's one of those five minutes Say Yes to the Dress things, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Because I want to see what happens. And what do you see happen when they get the dress they picked out and they do the when they find the one that's right? Yeah. They already know it's right before they walk out and show their mom and their sisters and their aunts or anything like that. They come out with a sense of self and confidence and pride. And I feel beautiful and all that stuff. And so by the time they get out to their family, the smart ones in the family say, I don't care if I like the dress or not. I like the way this dress is making them that person I love feel. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. When you say yes to your personal brand, you're going to feel that way. Like it fits perfectly. It mm-hmm. makes you look beautiful and that you are ready to take the biggest step in your life getting married without any fear whatsoever. Yeah. And you know what, as we're talking about this, what I'm realizing is, you know, back at the beginning of COVID when I was having that like spiraling because we had no revenue, it's because I had finally gotten to the point where I had a nonfiction brand and felt great, but you know, situations out of my control, a global pandemic, all of a sudden I have no business. And it was yeah. like kind of this hard moment of like, I'm finally who I am. And like, my business is like my brand but nobody's knocking at the door. And that was only like for a month or two, but it was, it was rough. Oh yeah. Well, it is rough, but here's the thing that will happen regardless of whether you've found that satisfying personal brand or not. So the ups and downs of having a business happen period. But by having that personal brand, 
you're at least doing everything you're doing for the right reasons. And the second, as you say, as the second you let go and say, you know what? I am who I am. I know it has value. I know what that value is. If people don't like it, they don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. The second you can truly let go, as you say, that's when things can truly start to happen because all of a sudden the things that take you off task, off focus are gone mm-hmm. so that you can focus on those opportunities that come to you and maybe you're not even aware of them yet. You become this attractant thing like a bug zapper. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the opportunity comes to you. Now you don't have to kill the bugs. You can keep the bugs as clients. Uh, so maybe that's not the best <laughs> analogy, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I totally get what you mean, especially the part about letting go because same thing happened to me, you know, yeah. uh, COVID COVID hits, boom, things slow down mm-hmm. and it gets a little scary. And that's when I thank the Lord above that my wife works for a school district and has good health care. Mm-hmm. But because I know who I am, what I do and how I do it, I'm able to keep doing it, keep projecting that out. And guess what comes back? The people who want more of that. So I've been surprised at some of the calls that came in since COVID started because yeah. it's been people I, I built my kind of branded relationship with several years ago who called me out of the blue. Yeah. You know, because I delivered back then, I'm going to deliver again now. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because when things fell apart, I was looking for finance and accounting jobs. It was like, I was so hurt that my, you know, my nonfiction brand, you know, that I couldn't, nothing was happening for those two months. I was like ready to go back into like the comfort space of a brand that wasn't true to me. Right. And there is nothing more fulfilling and joyful than building a business with your nonfiction brand. You know, like I could probably, I could make a lot of money having an outsourced accounting firm, but (laughs) yeah, but fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I, I think that this year is a tough year for everybody, but if any year needed to teach you Leah Rowe, that your services were not only needed, but wanted and cherished, this would be the year to prove that. Well, we're about at the end of this episode. I could talk to Leah Rowe for hours, but I would like people to know how they can connect with you. Where can people connect to you, Leah, online? Yep. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I like to post inspirational stuff, challenges, all that good stuff. So connect with me there. And the way you spell Leah's name is L-E-A-H-R-O-E. And she is the CEO of The Perk, which is a, again, give us two seconds on what The Perk is. Yeah, we do leadership coaching and culture consulting. So if you want to take yourself to the next level as a leader, or you want to define and operationalize your culture, give us a call. Well, Leah is one of my best friends here in Madison, Wisconsin, USA, but I know The Perk serves companies across the globe. And she's definitely a person you should get to know to check her out for sure. I'm DP Knuton for the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Please like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast because that really helps people find it. And she is Leah Rowe. And I'll be talking at you next week. Bye-bye.